Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Um, oh, please hold. Ahem, ahem, ahem. Anyways, today we are talking about the Commonwealth Clash football rivalry between Virginia and Virginia Tech. And now let's see how long I can go in this episode before I literally start yelling. Someone needs to time me on that because I don't know how long it would be. And if I can make it through this whole episode without getting mad, which it's not going to happen, I can, I can just tell you that. Um, I mean, I went to this game. I sat front row 116, and, and the disappointment that I got out of this game was really, really maddening. Um, but we're still going to talk about it coming up. Well, no, we're gonna let before before. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about whether I think coaching changes need to happen. Well, I'm gonna talk about what happened in this game that really messed them up. And or, and just I I don't know. We'll we'll just we'll just hop right in. First things first, the, something that I'd never ever thought I would ever say is the defense was really was really the key that kept UVA in the game. They only gave up 29 points, only 10 in the second half, um, and really did a good job of trying to keep UVA into this game. And I think this game, a lot of it came down to coaching management. I don't think that they did a very good job of managing the players, play calling, or anything like that. Um, so they're up 24-17 at halftime, and it and that it's it's really honestly what everyone probably expected. Um, UVA have a slight edge going into the locker room, um, but be a lot of points on or it was twenty one seventeen have a slight advantage going into the locker room, um, but but it being a high high scoring game. I mean the over under of UVA games are sixty for a reason because their offense is that good, but but their defense is that bad. Um, but so they go in the locker room with a slight advantage. Then they come out of the locker room, and they're they're only scoring. They only score three points the whole entire second half, and they and their defense gives up ten, which really did a good job of trying to keep them in there, and including recovering that fumble late into the game. We'll get into that that that, that poorness. That's not even a word in a minute though. Um, but you they score only three points in the second half. And while that puts them up 24-17, that is the last point that they're going to score the whole entire rest of the game. Um, and I don't think they did a good job of managing their players very well at all. Um, Brennan Armstrong gets banged up, and he's obviously not throwing the same um, as he usually does with the same accuracy and the same zip that he that he tends to have on on a lot of his balls um 
because because of the banged up ankle. And when they took him out for a few plays, Wolfolk actually came in and was orchestrating a good drive. They got he got UVA to the other side of the field in the tech territory before they put Armstrong back in. And now while I think that if if you have Armstrong at a hundred percent, he's the guy that you have to you have to play in that situation. Um, especially in a game that's as big as this one. Um, but but with but I feel like that while he was already banged up, they should have kept him out, give him a little bit more rest just to see how how uh hard it was or how how well he was feeling. Because not only not only was he banged up, Wolfolk was orchestrating a very good drive. Obviously he learned from the the twenty eight to three loss where he started at Notre Dame and and he was orchestrating he he ended he, uh, Talapapa definitely did a good job of helping him out, but he, he had a few, uh, he had a nice run. He made a, a few good passes. Um, and I, and what I w- would, would have wanted to see is them keep him in for the remainder of that drive just to see what would happen. And if he continued to play well, keep him in. And if, and if he made a bad decision, that's when you go back to Armstrong, just because Armstrong isn't at a hundred percent in at that moment. Um, and while Armstrong ends up playing pretty well the rest of the game, I just would have liked to see what, what Wolfolk could have done just, just while Armstrong clearly wasn't at a hundred percent at the moment. I want to go back for a second and spend some time talking about the defense here. And something that I never thought I'd say, they've been poor all year, a lot of trouble tackling. Um, They they gave up some big plays early in the game, but then they almost kind of seemed to settle down, get more physical, and play a little bit better. Now, they still gave up a lot of big plays, big, play, big running plays to Burmeister. I feel like they should have done a little bit more in trying to spy him. Um, gave up that Philly special play. Um, but but in the second half, they they really did a good job of trying to keep UVA into this game, and they did because there was moments where where they could have easily gotten rattled, where they could have easily just like barely, I mean, just fallen apart. Like at like after the disappointing um, uh, after the disappointing uh, what's it uh, punt punt. Uh, roughing the kicker on the punt, um, which was was which was really frustrating in the eyes of a fan like myself, but but they were able to bring it back, settle down, and just make it make it be a field goal. Um, and then other times, like they got that fu- they got that fumble, although it might have been popped out by by one of Virginia Tech's players. Um, they recover they recover they recover a fumble, um, and allow UVA to have a chance to stay in in the game. Um, but, but UVA just unable to, to get to score on offense. I think they had a couple of three and outs. Um, so this is what it is in the second half for, for Virginia's offense, field goal, punt, punt, fumble, punt, safety, and then turnover on downs. So that is that is something that's really, really frustrating and disappointing to see because that is something that I would never, 
I mean, I know Tech has got a pretty good defense, but they are head coachless. I, 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 I what, what really, what really starts to get me is I, I'm getting, it really frustrates me the fact that they can't, can't beat a team that literally fired their coach a couple of weeks ago, um, and. If they if they're not gonna get anything going on offense in the second half, even with their defense trying to step up and keep them into the game, only giving up ten points, I I don't I don't I don't really know what to say to that. Field goal, punt, 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 safety, turnover on downs, turnover on downs. Now let's get into that. Now that was the now this this was the now now let's get let's get into that. Um. This was, this was by far about the dumbest thing that I've ever seen. So it's fourth down and three, four minutes left, three timeouts. Defense is playing well. There are three minutes and 17 seconds left after that. You have three you have three timeouts left with over three minutes left in the game. And so you're going to go for it on fourth and three, only down by three points, instead of punting it away and then letting your defense try and get a stop. There's more of a chance that in this this game that the defense is going to get a stop than you're, than you're going to convert this. And if you don't convert this, then it's an easy touchdown or an easy field goal for, for Virginia Tech, which puts you in a much worse situation as a UVA player. Um, much worse situation because it if they score a field goal, it makes it 30-24, to 24, which has to force UVA into getting a touchdown in whatever time, little time that they have left, instead of just getting a field goal. Should should the uh, defense get a stop? And not to not to mention that Farrell has been very very good this year. Um, the only bad miss I've seen was like uh, like a fifty six yard or something. But but instead of punting it, you're gonna you're gonna try to go for it, and then you don't get it, and then it's like thrown backwards for some reason for a safety. Um. Which I guess if there's only one good thing that comes out of this is that a safety was better than a touchdown in this situation, getting it on the one. Um, but then, again, still three minutes left. Three timeouts. We're going to onside kick. We're going to onside whatever, like onside kick it after the safety. I don't, I don't really understand what, what the logic is behind that. Like, what are the odds you're going to get that onside kick? And what are the odds that Tech wasn't slightly expecting that in some way? I mean, I, and this this is really what it comes down to. The UVA coaching staff up to this point, in at that of what I've watched in the last few years, really is not good in the bigger moments. I don't understand for any reason why you're going forward on fourth down and three full timeouts over three minutes left, own 15, when the defense is playing well in the second half, and then why you're and then why you're then proceeding to onside kick it, and then let's go to after UVA's defense, which has been playing well in the second half. Everyone's noticed that. Um, gets a fumble recovery 
while I might have been knocked out, I still still got that stop on defense that UVA needed. And then we and then they're gonna trot down the field to the eleven. And instead of running it a couple of times, try to make it a good third and short. Tyler Papa in the few runs he had was averaging over four yards a carry. Darrington was playing well. Um and so was Hollins. Um they had kind of a, a three three solid running backs that they can use out of the backfield. You're you have it on first and ten on their eleven. You are in the greatest, absolute greatest position to try and win the game with no with no time left. Um and you're gonna so you run it, which I thought made sense. It gets it down to like a second and eight. And then what is what is on not only it's not on first down, what is the screen pass to the offensive lineman behind the line of screaming? What do you think? This is not a this is not a knock on Bobby Haskins. Bobby Haskins is probably one of our best offensive linemen in our solid offensive line. Um But in what way do you think that he's gonna have a good chance of breaking a tackle or juking the man out? Because that puts you in the absolute worst situation. If you if you're not gonna make that, that made it makes it Fourth down and 13. Fourth down and 13. After I don't know what they're doing. You you, you only have a top 10 quarterback in the league. Uh, running backs who are playing well. Billy Kemp's playing well. Um, Johnny Woods has had a, had a heck of a game with, especially in the first half, and I would have liked the, them to see – See them go go to him a little bit more in the second half. He had seven receptions, sixty four yards, and a touchdown. And I didn't, I didn't in that red zone. I don't, I don't think they really went to. I don't think they went to. Um, uh, what's it called? I don't think they went to Keaton that much either down in that red zone. And you know how hard he is to tackle. I'm not even biased. Like if you've watched him play, it's, it's. It's really crazy. Like he's listed as a football player for a reason because he can do a little bit of everything. Um, but they, I just, I don't know. I just don't understand the execution and what the logic was behind some of these late in the game. And I and I think that they need to start moving over to the hot seat, especially for sure with the defensive coordinator. I think they need a new one after this year. Um. And Bronco Mendenhall, after having the two good years, we beat South Carolina in a bowl, or they beat South Carolina in a bowl game. They beat, they won, they made it to the Orange Bowl in 2019 after they did actually beat Tech. But it all comes down to he's still one in five against Tech. And I still think that the recruiting needs to improve. And that starts in state. And it's really hard to get in-state recruits because no because no good four-star or high three-star or even the few five a few five stars are in Virginia are gonna want to go to Virginia or want to go to a team uh a power five team that's losing the rivalry they're they're gonna want to go to they'd rather go to a place like Virginia Tech because if Virginia Tech's beating Virginia every year it's they're gonna they're gonna want to lean more towards Virginia, and so I think it starts with beating Virginia Tech, um, and getting better recruits to come here. But being one in five against Tech in your six years here, 
I mean, getting getting the first win against Tech established very good hope, especially with the nine win season, uh, making the winning the Coastal for the first time. But it hasn't really been sustained very well. Has not been sustained very well. So I'd I'd be interested to see in what happens over the course of the next couple of seasons, um, and what they do and how how Broncos going to have to improve and how the whole coaching staff is going to have to improve um, in seeing what happens there, whether changes happen, improvements happen, or more wins happen. Um, because cause I, cause I've been used to it for a while, but it's getting to the point where we've, we've, seen, we've gotten a lick of, of greatness out of this UVA program in the last few years, but it has not stayed, and, it is, and it's going to need to start staying soon. And, and all the UVA fans are wanting more more wins against Tech because it has not been pretty ever since the 2000s happened. And and at this point, I'm just rambling because I'm just frustrated at this point. Can't beat Tech. Um, I watched, oh my gosh, but, you know, it might wear off in a couple of weeks. It might not. Um, but I hope you guys had a great rivalry weekend. Hope you guys watched Auburn, Alabama. Hope you guys watched the Bedlam, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State showdown. Oklahoma State might now have a have a chance to sneak into the college football playoff, especially should they beat Baylor. Um, they they kicked uh, Oklahoma's hopes to the curb. Um, Alabama, who's favored by twenty points in that game, which honestly, I I know Alabama is obviously a much more dominant and better team compared to Auburn is this season. Um, but it being a rivalry game, I really kind of found it hard to believe that. Uh, now I didn't expect four overtimes, but I really kind of found it hard to believe that that um, Auburn was going to lose by more than twenty points. Um, and it, that rivalry, there wasn't a lot of points scored, but it really did deliver towards the end um, of the game. And and that's, I mean, rivalry week is one of my favorite weekends of the year. But I really find it hard to have good memories of it when UVA has a tough time beating Virginia Tech. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, Uh, whether you're listening to this on Monday or Tuesday or whatever. I mean, this is a podcast that that you can really listen to anytime, really before the next Commonwealth Cup. But it's – I just (laughs) – it frustrates me every single year. I went to the game in 2019 where we all stormed the field, but since, but before then, and after the last two years, which I honestly wasn't even that mad about the 2020 year. That's a COVID year, um, where I feel like everyone kind of just got like a gimme year, if you know what I mean. Um, but something has got to happen. Um, whether it's coaching changes, um, beating Tech more often so they can get better recruits, or something. I mean, I could talk about this for a long time. But I'm not trying to get super-duper critical. I don't want to be rude. Although it's really kind of easy to and hard not to. Um, but anyways, I hope you guys have, the, have a great rest of your day. And I'm Preston Green, and I'll talk to you next time on Fast Sports Talk.